Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Friday, March 19th. Our Bruins are coming off a 4-1 victory over the Buffalo Sabres after an unusual lead-up to the game. We'll get into all that here in a moment, as well as catch up with Joe Yurden from Buffalo to discuss uh, the rematch on Saturday, as well as some kind of big picture things when it comes to those struggling Sabres. Before we get into that, let me remind you to please subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you have on your mobile device or computer. You can uh, easily access each new episode as soon as it drops, download it, listen to it, enjoy it, and if you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated, especially if you are an Apple user. If you're on Twitter, you can find the show at LOBostonBruins. On Instagram, it's LockedOnBruins. And you can find me, my hockey tweets, dad jokes, at Ian C. McLaren. So, like I said, yesterday was a bit unusual when it came to the lead-up to the Bruins-Sabres game in Buffalo. Both teams had their morning skates canceled. The, the Sabres, after a member of their hockey staff, was placed in COVID protocols. And then the Bruins, because one of their players, later revealed to be Sean Corrali, was informed that he was also going on the NHL's COVID list. So again, both pregame skates were canceled and there was some confusion or yeah, question as to whether the game would go ahead. Following further COVID testing and contact tracing, it was determined by mid-afternoon that the game would go on as scheduled. And the outcome was a 4-1 victory over the Sabres for their second consecutive win. Uh, First time that they've won two games in a row for over a month now, in over a month, and the Sabres now have lost 13 games in a row with a rematch between these two teams set for Buffalo on Saturday. Uh, Yaroslav Halak made 23 saves. The only goal scored by the Sabres was a shorthanded strike by Kyle Ocposo. I believe it was his first ever shorthanded goal. You could kind of tell that from the smile that he gave afterwards. Um, Kind of one that Halak would like to have back, but thankfully it didn't hinder the outcome of the game. And I say like to have that back because, you know, which goalies wouldn't like to have goals back at any rate. Uh, Cassidy, after the game, head coach Bruce Cassidy said, I don't think either team had a great first period which I guess was to be expected after the confusion of the day. But kind of from the middle of the second period on, the Bruins really took control of the game, played the right way, had the right sort of mentality, and you know ultimately put together one of their better performances of the season uh, You know from the second period on. Greg McKegg opened the scoring. He was subbing in for Sean Corrali, and he tipped home a Matt Grizzlick wrist shot from the doorstep, just 2.56 into the game to give the Bruins a 1-0 lead. Uh, he said he's just trying to stay ready. Obviously, it's a weird year. You never know when your name is going to be called, so just try to stay sharp and wait for an opportunity. He said he thought they had a good start, 
found their legs early and just trying to create some momentum. And uh, he certainly helped in that respect. The Sabres did tie it up at one, but then the Bruins were able to take a 2-1 lead thanks to a Jake DeBrusque power play goal on which David Krejci recorded his 700th career point. He became just the eighth player in Bruins history to reach that milestone, joining an amazing list that includes Ray Bork, Johnny Busick, Phil Esposito, Rick Middleton, Patrice Bergeron, Bobby Orr, and Wayne Cashman. Craig Smith, who also scored later uh, in the game, said Krejci is a great player. He's able to slow it down. One of the smartest players I've played with as far as talking to me on the bench and the little plays that he sees out there. It's been impressive. Uh, Krejci recorded three assists in this one, actually. Uh, His final assist came on a David Pasternak power play goal at 444 of the third. And like I said, Krejci also recorded an assist on that Craig Smith goal. Craig Smith... Just his fifth goal of the season, he did land three shots, hit another post, and it was one of his best games in a Bruins uniform. He said he's just been concentrating on the process, the little small things, getting to the net, making sure that he's taking his shots when he gets them, get to the middle of the ice. Uh, Everybody's trying to do their part, he said, trying to do their role. He wanted to chip in and help out. The first line, we all know, has carried the team for most of the year and any time secondary scoring options get a chance to chip in and help out it feels good and hopefully that can uh, continue because we all know that secondary scoring has been an issue for this team Uh, one source of concern Trent Frederick left the game with a lower body injury after playing just five minutes and 28 seconds he was deemed questionable to return he didn't return obviously Uh, he was hit by a puck And the results of an x-ray came back negative, which is great, but he still wasn't feeling right. Uh, And right now, he's considered day-to-day. Jack Ashan made his NHL debut on Thursday night, filling in for an injured Jared Tenorti. Uh, He landed three shots on goal, second among Bruins defensemen behind Matt Grizzlick, who had six, and played 17 minutes, 55 seconds. Uh, And he almost had one uh, on a glorious scoring opportunity. I believe it was in the second period. Uh, He was involved in the game, good and bad at times, but I like that head coach Bruce Cassidy said. He likes a player that is willing to be assertive. It's his first ever NHL game. Guys are tentative. He's going to have to learn guys are stronger and quicker, can strip you of pucks and different things like that. Uh, But... He did not notice a lot without the puck going on in terms of battles, so that will take a closer look. But with the puck, he certainly wants to impact the game. And Cassidy really likes that in a player. If that's his thing as a defenseman, he's going to have to do that on a regular basis in order to stay up in the NHL. Uh, And again, the the big concern was uh, puck battles. Obviously, he's not the biggest defenseman, but uh, he did fit in well. And probably a good game for him to make his first start, all things considered. Uh, Didn't stress too much in their end, so that was helpful as well, which is kind of a a funny way to say the Sabres aren't very good. Uh, Like I said, the Bruins and Sabres will play again Saturday. Six more games between these two teams after that, which bodes well for the Bruins' ability to pick up 
some points here in the tight East division. The Bruins continue to sit fourth in points behind the Islanders and Capitals, who are tied with 42 points. Penguins have 37 points. If you kick it up to point percentage, however, the Bruins are third uh, because they have a couple games in hand on the Penguins and are only uh, you know, a point back. So if they can take advantage of those games in hand, they should be well positioned. Evgeny Malkin was injured in that previous game against the Bruins on a hit from Jared Tenorti, and there's some question as to whether he might be out for a bit. Uh, so that would certainly hurt the uh, Penguins' chances of building some momentum moving forward. Before we get to my chat with Joe Yurden, who you may know uh, as a longtime uh, writer about the Buffalo Sabres, uh, let's talk about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. They cover all sports as well as reality TV and award shows with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. Also free to sign up. Just head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on all the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. All right, I am uh, happy to be joined now by Joe Yurden from Buffalo. I've uh, been following Joe for, oh man, I don't even know how long it has been now, but uh, yeah, very uh, plugged in when it comes to all things Buffalo Sabres, which, uh, yeah, I don't know. Whether to uh, feel, uh, you know, good about that for you on your behalf. It's been a, a pretty rough go covering this team as of late. And this year has been certainly no exception. Uh, what's what's kind of the vibe in Buffalo these days, Joe? Uh, the vibe, I would say, is when does Bill's season start again? <laughs> yeah, true. Very true. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's not great here right now for for the Sabres. I think most, most of the fans have, have checked out and um, I don't blame them yeah. <laughs> to be, to be quite honest. It's, it's been that, been that kind of year, that kind of last eight, eight or nine years, really. It's um, I, it's sometimes I'm at a loss for words that it's, that it's at, <laughs> at this kind of level uh, yeah. again. And I mean, this time around, like they're doing some things, well, I mean, like their performance is worse than it was in years when they were trying to lose. Right. And, uh, you know, that's not great, especially when you go out and you have a lot more talent than those teams. Have. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've been to Buffalo for a few games and, uh, you know, the Sabres fans always very passionate. It's, it's a great hockey town to be sure. And I can only imagine if there were fans in the building this season, what, uh, what the reaction would be to, to some of these performances. They did make the coaching change this week. And I guess it was a bit weird because, um, you know, Ralph Kruger fired on Wednesday morning skate, which would have been the first under uh, their new coach was canceled on Thursday. So they entered last night's game 
kind of skating for the first time under uh, the new uh, guidance. So maybe we can give them a, a bit of a, a break because not having much practice, but did you notice any differences at all under uh, Don Granado? Was there any, anything that was somewhat encouraging or was it uh, kind of the same old from these Sabres? Uh, I'd say that at least the, the start of the game was uh, a little bit more free, uh, a little bit more, um, I don't want to say a little bit more intense. I mean, they brought it, I mean, they, they've been guilty very much in the, in the, the recently of playing, a, you know, playing a good few minutes or a good period. And then they give up a goal and it all falls apart or something happens and they just stop doing it or they get some resistance and then they're just like, Oh no, it's, this isn't going to be easy. Right. Um, and they, they kind of wilt. And when I say kind of wilt, I mean, they end up getting rolled and give up, you know, two, three, four goals at a time. And um, that's, uh, that's it for the game. But um, there, there, there was a little bit more in, encouragement early on it. You know, it's, it's tough because, you know, Granado did not have any chance to practice with them. You know, he didn't get a chance to meet with the team personally until oh, wow. five o'clock uh, ahead of the game. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, just because of, you know, because of the, the COVID, uh, the COVID lockdown, they told everybody like, go home, Wow, yeah. <laughs> you know, just, uh, you know, don't, don't meet, don't do anything. We'll let you know when, when everything's okay for the game, but it's, uh, it, it, you know, we'll, we'll see what he's able to, to, to kind of put out there this morning when they practice right, uh, yeah. today. So, uh, we'll get a better idea for that. But if there was some encouraging signs, uh, I like that Jeff Skinner had, I think he had fourth most minutes mm. uh, among among forwards as opposed to, uh, you know, playing, you know, fourth line sort of minutes and, and getting very spotty use. Um, I, I think that's, I think that's encouraging. Um, but it's, you know, the, I, I can't really take too much away from, from what the game was right, yeah. yesterday just because, you know, uh, you know, no practice time, no, no, no ice time together with, with, with Don <laughs> yeah. and, and the staff. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see, we'll get a better idea of what they're about maybe on Saturday and, and moving ahead. Yeah. I was going to ask you about Skinner, actually. He's always tended to play pretty well against the Bruins and he, as everybody knows, was, was scratched by uh Ralph Kruger, $9 million player for, I guess, another six more seasons at least. Uh, so, you know, even if they wanted to move that contract, it would be very difficult to do so. Um, yeah, I guess getting something or the most out of him would be kind of priority number one at the moment, especially with, with Jack Eichel currently out of the lineup, I, I would imagine. Yeah. I, I mean, you want to get, you want to get the most out of everybody, here, <laughs> yeah. honestly. Um, it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's one of those weird situations where, you're trying to, to see, you know, both what you have and what you're trying to move on from uh, when it comes to the, 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 de- the trade deadline and right. what you're looking to, looking ahead to do. But that's, you know, it's kind of tough to do that when you consider that, you know, Granado is and the staff are, are kind of in an interim spot. Um, like you, you'll get it. I, this is more of like a test run to see, you know, who, you know, who, what you can try to do to help the, the guys that you're looking to trade out. Um you know, try to get them in the best position to try to try to boost what you can get in return for them. Right. Um, to try to show everybody like, Hey, look, yeah, these guys might've been only struggling because, 
you know, things were going bad with the previous coach. These guys are actually good. Don't worry. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, trying to put your best salesman shoes on, but, um, but I, you know, I, as far as moving ahead for the future, I think that's where there's, there's a little bit of pressure to get whoever your next coach is going to be to get them in place before the season's out. Right. Uh, Cause I don't think you want to do, I don't think you want to try to figure out what you, what you got going on here um, in the off season and wait till training camp next year to say like, all right, Hey, we know what we're doing now. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, have, have everybody just going to camp like, all right, here we go again. Another new coach. Yeah. Let's see what's happening. We've been telling you for a while now about how great built bar is. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market, soft and easy to chew covered in 100% chocolate, but low calorie, low sugar, high protein and high fiber. Now is the time to find out which built bar is best during built bar madness. Now today's matchup is caramel brownie versus double chocolate, a very important and difficult decision which you can make by going to builtbar.com or visiting at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. Check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Fridays on Locked On NHL, join Joe DiBiase of Locked On Sabres and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers as they round up the biggest stories of the week in the NHL and get you ready for the league's busy weekend slate of games. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, speaking of the new coach, I've I've seen some rumblings that they might be looking at uh, a guy like Nate Lehman from Providence. Uh, Do you think they would be better served kind of going for a more experienced NHL head coach, like a just throwing out like a boost Brudro or a Gerard Lant mm-hmm. or kind of bringing in a new first time NHL head coach. What, what do you think would be kind of the best, uh, the best play there? Well, I, I think it depends on what you're, you know, how far ahead in the future you're kind of looking here mm-hmm. and what you think is going to be best uh, to me. Boudreaux's, the ideal person, right? Uh, because you've seen what he he's done in Washington. You see what he's done with Minnesota, and you know there there is. I think there's you know part of you thinks, okay, this this, this guy's been able to get a lot out of out of his teams at least offensively, and I think that's that's the big stress right now for Buffalo. Their offense is not good, um, right? And their attacks and and you know how how they're able to uh, to get in the zone and do work is is very questionable, at best. Um, so I think this is this is you know if 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 you're looking to kind of get the most out of guys like Reinhardt and Eichel and Skinner and all them, I think Boudreaux is the guy that can help you do that uh, for right now and help you build more towards the future. Um, but if you're looking down the road and you're thinking. Well, geez, I don't know. I don't know how much longer Jack's going to want to be here for. <laughs> right. You know, we got to. Tr- you know, if you're looking to try to impress him, I don't know that. I don't know that if you go the the college route, you're really keeping that totally in mind. Um, but the Sabers are in a weird spot because you know they've changed coaches every two years. <laughs> yeah, and they've tried every other route aside from 
picking a guy out of college. You know, they've gotten, you know, they went and got the, you know, the, 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 the Stanley cup winner who went to the playoffs every year in Bilesma. And, you know, that was the year they tried to get uh, Mike Babcock as well. And that's, right, you know, right. that, that qualifies the same way. Um, and that didn't work. And then they get Phil Housley and, you know, he was fresh off of that, uh, run as the, the assistant coach with Nashville and, and they went to the Stanley cup final and you're like, okay, well, this guy's going to be somebody's head coach soon who better than the guy that, you know, was, you know, an, a, a hall of fame defenseman for, for the Sabres and knows Buffalo and yada, yada, yada. And, right, right. and that didn't work. And then you go outside the box with Ralph Kruger thinking, okay, you know, and that was the Jason Bottrell call where, you know, he goes and gets a guy that he knew really well and, he knew that if he wasn't going to get to hire another coach, because if it failed, he was out the door. Right. And, you know, if he's going to go down, he's going to go down with a guy that he knows the best. And, uh, and then that didn't work because Jason gets fired, you know, before, before things even get going and, you know, COVID shuts everything down. And then, and then, you know, Ralph, you know, isn't Kevin Adams guy anymore. So, um, so, I mean, they've tried every other means of trying to get it figured out on the coach, the coach front. But uh, to me now, find the guy that you think is best. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it sounds like, uh, you know, you, you can really overthink it sometimes, Yeah. but I mean, and I don't think you necessarily want your players to pick who the coach is going to be. I think you want to, you just want to get a guy in place that's going to have the right systems and the right, the right mentality to instill in everybody. But um you know, if you're, if you're overthinking it and, 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 you know, saying like, well, you know, we, we got to catch a rising star here and maybe save, a, you know, save a little bit of money hiring somebody then. Okay. I mean, I guess, I guess you can get Nate Lehman or Scott Sandlin or Greg Carvel, but um, and that's not to take away from those guys. They're all fantastic coaches. Don't get me wrong. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're unproven at the NHL level. And I think there's, there's something to be said for, for guys that their whole careers come in college and you know where they're the you know they have to do everything <laughs> you know it's, yeah you know they there there's not something they they don't have something to do uh when it comes to running a college team because you've got your hands on everything in the program but um but yeah it's it's a very difficult choice but i think uh if you get if you get somebody that you know is really good and you you've got a limited competition right now <laughs> like you're the only team looking for a full-time coach right um I mean, unless you throw Seattle into Seattle, the next, because they're because yeah. they're going to be hiring somebody probably not too far into the future here. But right, um, I think that you know take advantage of having having the exclusive window now because if you wait till after the season, who knows how many teams you're going to be up against there? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> now uh, we're kind of a few weeks away from the trade deadline. Now, obviously, the uh, pending UFAs on the Sabres would maybe be most likely to move. Do you think it's fair to say that, you know, Taylor Hall, Eric Stahl, maybe even Brandon Montour will likely be on the move here in the, in the next few weeks. Yeah. I, I think Eric Stahl's probably at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's the most likely guy to, to get traded. I think Brandon Montour uh, would be number two there only because uh you know that that he's somebody they've been kind of shopping around a little bit for mm. you know since last year i think um although i don't but he's he's another guy where you you kind of wonder what you know if you know playing playing under ralph's system was is was a detriment to to how he played mm. um 
I think that I think that can apply for a lot of defensemen uh, on the team. Um, but I but I think at this point you kind of have to you know cut your losses and and get get something in return for him because he's probably got to walk uh, in the off season anyways. Yeah. Uh, and then when it comes to Taylor Hall, I mean, I, I think there I think there's some hope that they want that they could keep him and extend him for a couple of years. Okay. Um, but I mean, Buffalo's kind of showed showed its its uh, all of its bad sides from the last few years <laughs> to him very quickly right. <laughs> in a few months. And you know, when it comes to you know, like you know, I mean, he, he played with Jack for a little bit, but like on the same line, and you know, that didn't work out that great because I think those I think those guys have too similar of, of a style, uh, play mm, style, right? Um, so I, you know, I I don't know if I don't know if Taylor's too excited about staying here. I mean, maybe if you tell him like, hey, we're gonna you know we're gonna put you with Dylan Cousins and we'll, you know, we'll find you another winger <laughs> to play yeah, with right. next year. Tell us what, you know, if you think that's cool, then we're down. Yeah. Like, you know, here's, you know, here's three years, 15, three years, 18. Let's, let's get it done. But, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but I think when it comes to, when it comes to other guys getting moved, I think it's, it's a wild card for that, but, but obviously those are going to be the three that draw the most interest, but right. I, I don't know. And it, it, it's really difficult because everybody talks, oh, the Maple Leafs, they want Taylor Hall or they want Eric Stahl. And it's like, well, that's cool. Well, you know, they still have to quarantine for two yeah, weeks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to, if you're going to make that deal, I think Toronto would be really stressing, like, let's make it now um, instead of waiting until the deadline. Because, you know, if you're making any deadline deals with the team in Canada, good luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> good luck because those guys are going to miss a, a pretty good handful of games that they're going to really need them. Yeah, for sure. I guess big picture, uh, you mentioned Jack Eichel, and there's been, I don't know, rumblings now for a couple off seasons about maybe his discontentment with the team. Uh, do you think he is a long-term piece in Buffalo, or, or do you think it could come to a point where he like expressly asks to be, uh, to be moved from, from this situation? Well, it, it's really tough because Jack – I mean, Jack wants to win first off. I mean, sure. every player wants to win. Yeah. But, um, but it's been really hard here. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a lot of turnover to deal with since, you know, since he was drafted. And, you know, the losing is, is a lot. And the, th- I think the, the, the thought is, is that, you know, his, his no move clause kicks in after the, after next season, right. 22. And the, the idea is that, you know, if this isn't, showing some sort of direction that, you know, the, the, the thought is, is that anytime after that, at, at anytime after that, no move kicks in, he could say, you know what? Thanks. You know, thanks guys. But th- I, I got to go somewhere else. This is, yeah. this is bad. And <laughs> he can't be blamed for it. That's the no. thing. Um, and I think you have to be very cognizant of that. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Excuse me. No problem. Um, and I think you have to be aware that that's a there's a strong possibility of that happening right. uh, at some point. And if you're the GM, you got to kind of be on guard for it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why you kind of listen around to hear what people are people are offering. Um, and you know, you're not not that you're actively shopping them because you're not doing that because you're not, that's not a trade you win. Um, yeah. But if you just kind of hear what people's ideas are for you know for that. I don't think there's uh, there, I don't think there's any harm in that, but it's perilous. 
because, you know, like I said, that's not a trade you're going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can't help but think you're going to hate me for bringing it up. It makes me think of Joe Thornton every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, where, you know, you get 45 cents on the dollar for that deal and he goes out and wins MVP right away. And you're just yeah. like, like, neat this this worked out horrible exactly exactly what everybody said it was going to do yeah and you know i i think in jack's case that's that's 100 percent what happens because no matter what prospect package or you know what veterans you get in return for that it's not going to equal what yeah, he does. exactly i mean we yeah. saw last season how good he is you know at at you know ultimate peak performance you know without any injuries without any nonsense like you know he rattles off a 17 you know 17 game point streak like that's that's no joke yeah you know or 18 game streak or whatever you know whatever it was with that you know with that absence where the nhl was just like well no the streak's broken like (laughs) he he didn't play guys (laughs) like knock it off but Yeah, yeah, yeah um but that's you know and he did as much as he could to carry a team that finished 25th, you know, and you know, that's, that, that, that was an MVP caliber of a season. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, find the guy, some other players, find some depth, find some goaltending, get yourself in a position where if you get into a playoff and the other team has to try to figure out how to stop that guy. You've got it. You've got an ace up your sleeve because you've got him, (laughs) you know, like that's, that's been the whole, that's been the whole key (laughs) to his entire tenure here is find the pieces around to to put around him to, to make it so that you can get in the playoffs, get into the party and see what happens because Mm -hmm. the playoffs are weird and anything could happen. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's, that's the point. That's the, that's the whole point of the game and yeah. they haven't been able to to put the right pieces around them or get anything right at all since they've had them. So, um, so yeah, so I think you have to be ready. You, you have to be prepared for a, the, the time down the road. If you don't get this thing straightened out that he's going to say it's time to go. Yeah. And yeah. You don't have a choice in the matter because if he says it's time to go, you can't play hardball and say, wow, well, no, we're not going to trade you. Like, Okay, good luck, because that that ain't going to work. Yeah, exactly. I know, yeah, Bruins fans kind of dream about him playing in Boston one day, but I don't see see how they would trade him, A, within the division, going back to, you know, assuming we're going back to old divisions. But also, yeah, I think they would be, if they're going to trade him, it would make the most sense to to send him – westward for sure i look at a team like the kings that they probably make the mm-hmm. most sense in terms of the assets um and yeah. kind of getting him as far away from buffalo as possible but uh again hopefully hopefully for sabers fans it, it doesn't come to that and um, i know he's injured right now is there any any timeline of when he might be coming back the bruins and sabers play seven more times this season so i know uh, if he's not in the lineup that's obviously beneficial to to boston but uh any prognosis or any timeline on him at the moment? Uh, nothing updated as of yet. Um, I think he comes out of that the, the quarantine uh, that he was under for uh, going and getting a second opinion. Oh, uh, I, I think uh, he because he had to quarantine for a week. Oh, after, wow. Because okay. yeah, he because he went out of he went out of town to do it. Oh, I didn't realize um, that. Yeah. And uh, I mean, they they just say it's upper body. Everybody seems to assume it's a neck issue because mm. you know we saw the pictures of him kind of working on his neck after he got uh 
cross check from behind by I think it was Casey Sezikis uh, against the Islanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so everybody is kind of assuming it's a neck issue, but um, but he comes out of that quarantine. I think they're supposed to have a, a clearer idea about him. I think maybe this weekend. Oh, okay. Um, so I I think we'll hear about that, but um, uh, yeah, I mean there was a lot of speculation that it that it could be like a long term thing and. I mean, at the, you know, at this rate, we don't know what he is, and we're all very bad amateur doctors try, right, yeah. trying to di- trying to diagnose it through <laughs> through videos and and whatnot. But, um, but I mean, if he doesn't come back this season, I mean, it, not that the season had any hope to it in the first place. Yeah. Um, it's obviously very bad, but um, but I think the hopes are that uh, whatever the issue is, just needs some time away and maybe just a little bit of uh, you know rehab to get it fixed up, and he'll he'll be able to come back, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's no rush. Yeah, yeah <laughs> there's no rush sure. to get him back <laughs> in there. But I, I, I think the Bruins would be happy to not have to play against him yeah. because he seems to always show up against Boston. Definitely, and yeah. Try to take take a chunk out of his uh, hometown team. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Tomorrow afternoon, Saturday, Bruins and Sabers again. Uh, thanks so much, Joe, for for taking some time to to chat about uh, the situation down in Buffalo and. And where can people find you uh, on Twitter and your uh, your Sabers your Sabers coverage? You can find me on Twitter at my name at Joe Yerdon J O E Y E R D O N, and you can find some of my my pieces at Die by the Blade on the SB Nation uh, blog network, as well as uh, occasionally uh, stepping into the Associated Press shoes to uh, to do some uh, game reporting. So, you can check me out at those places. Also, you can hear me on. Uh, the That Hockey Show podcast uh, every Thursday. Uh, it's a great show. Uh, Paulie Cuthbert's my host, and it's great great to check that out. Not to be pimping out another podcast <laughs> Not, no on your podcast. <laughs> I apologize, but, oh, totally uh, but yeah, but that's where you can find me. Find me hanging around these days. Very cool. Well, like, thanks again, Joe, uh, for taking some time, and maybe we'll check in again uh, down the road or in the off season if uh, if any of this trade stuff comes to pass. And uh, yeah, when the Bruins are are back in town. Absolutely. And it'd be great to catch up again. All right. Yeah. Thanks so much and have a great weekend.